The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of Aussie-made on-demand videos to help you look to God daily. Be challenged by a series of apologetic interviews produced by Creation Ministries International and inspired by Helping Hands, which showcases people and organisations who make the world a better place. There are new videos being added every week in the free Vision Christian Media app. Just tap the Watch tab to see the growing selection. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Hello, Jenny. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be with you, Neil. Jenny, you're based in Victoria, and so in one sense you're in the middle of things that are happening on a scale that we don't necessarily see in other states around Australia. And uh, some people are pointing directly at the Premier, Daniel Andrews, who's implemented a large number of so-called reforms, and these reforms undermining religious freedom and destroying the concept of morality. Uh, What are your main concerns about what's happening in Victoria? Well, certainly uh, we seem to be, see an increase in, in the number of these things. But we need, we need to remember that in previous governments, including especially in previous Labor governments, we've actually seen some of the same sorts of things. And I think what happens is that they'll do one stage of, a re, of you know, changing the law, changing what's happening, and then later, a bit later on they'll do a bit more. And obviously the homosexual activists are actually pushing for change all the time. So even when one form of, you know, so-called reform is, is implemented, they're still looking for more. And often we see these things in stages. And I, I think it's just that Daniel Andrews, before he was elected, really put himself out to promise a whole lot of things if he was elected. And uh, certainly we put that out to people saying, look, if you vote Labor, you are going to get these things. And we had very much the same situation at the federal election recently. So in Victoria, they've appointed a minister for equality, which is really LGBTI equality. It's not equality for anyone else. Uh, We've seen a lesbian, Rowena Allen, being appointed as the first gender and sexuality commissioner. And her role is to go around and promote um, so-called equality for LGBTIQ issues. And so, you know, this is really putting it out there in in government departments and in the community generally. Uh, The Premier also promised to make the Safe Schools Coalition, which we call the Unsafe Schools Coalition Program, compulsory for state secondary schools by 2018, that schools won't be able to refuse to sign up to it, where at the moment it's been um, voluntary. And uh, and so all of those things have happened, and, and now we've got two more things that he's announced in the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's talk about those in just a moment. But you say uh, quite correctly that Daniel Andrews was quite open about these sorts of changes that he wanted to introduce before he was elected. So he does have a mandate to implement all of these different things, doesn't he? So I imagine that uh, you could argue that the majority of Victorians were in favour of these sorts of changes. Well, I think, you know, you've got, you've got a point. But the problem is, of course, that most people don't actually know the, you know, the ins and outs and nitty-gritty of policies before they actually turn up to the polling booth. And many people vote the same way. They don't really think about what the consequences are on particular policy issues. 
Uh, we've often said with the Christian Values Checklist that people are often concerned more about their own hip pocket, you know, the financial benefits to them of which party they might vote for, rather than seeing what the moral and ethical implications are of voting for a particular party. So, you know, it's not surprising that although he'd mentioned it, sometimes there are quiet little media releases that uh, the, the, sometimes the media, the general media, doesn't actually report on. We'll often see them reported on in the homosexual press where they're, you know, lauding the fact that they're going to get all of these things. But the, the mainstream media often don't report on them because they don't want to expose some of that. So we've always tried to dig, to, to investigate, to find out the information and get it out there to people. Well, I suspect that while we were talking about these things in the lead-up to the Victorian state election, uh, as you say, many of the mainstream media outlets were either ignoring or thinking that somehow or other that didn't mean too much. Uh, But even now, I suspect, Jenny Stokes, that while we're talking about these things now, these... Uh, the implementation of some of these policies that were talked about beforehand, these probably won't come into the mainstream media either, and so people won't get to hear about them in the way that we're talking about them today. Let's talk about the other couple of issues, one of those transgender birth certificates. What's happening in Victoria? Well, what we see in Victoria is, is as I said, we've had some changes already made and now we see um, almost a removal of the restrictions that were put in place at that time. So some years ago, the Labor government changed the rules so that you could actually change the sex on your birth certificate. So if you're male, you can change your birth certificate to have it read female and with no record of you ever having been the opposite gender or the opposite sex. We actually like to use the word sex because you're born male or female and yet people's birth certificates um, are changed and there's no record that there's actually been a change. So the restrictions that were placed on them is that people could only apply to have their birth certificate sex changed if they actually had what was called sex affirmation surgery, which is actually sex reassignment, actually physical surgical operations to try and change um, the outward appearance, uh, genitals and so on, of a person's sex. So they had to have actually gone through that. Now, the current law also said that if you were married, um, so a male-female married couple, and one of those wanted to change the sex on their birth certificate and, and because they felt that they were the opposite sex and they were transgender, then they could actually do that only if they divorced their spouse. Now, the reason for that is if they allowed the person to... Um, change their sex but remain married then in effect you would actually have a situation where two women or two men were effectively married um, in under the law so that was not allowed for that purpose so what the government is doing is they're bringing in this new law it's got both of those restrictions removed so people don't have to have surgery in fact in victoria they just have to make an application and have somebody who's known them for at least 12 months say that they they support them in this move and and so on so there's no requirement to be on hormones no requirement for counselling. Um, in South Australia, where they're introducing a similar law, they are, they are requiring that the person's had counselling, but in Victoria, it actually just says you can make the application. Um, they're also removing this restriction on, on divorce, so that if somebody wants to, uh, is a married couple and one of them wants to change their sex on their birth certificate, they can do so. They don't have to get divorced in order to do that. So that's an interesting point on divorce. 
Um, the third thing that the government is doing is that they're actually making it possible for parents to change the sex of their children on their children's birth certificates. Um, they have to have some sort of a psychological assessment to say it's in the child's best interest to do that. But it's incredible that children under the age of 18, in fact, over 16, they said, well, they can make up their own mind and are basically assumed to be competent to do that. But under the age of 16, children can have their birth certificate sex change. And that's, um, I think, an incredibly... Um, you know, significant move that we're facing. Well, all of that is very, very scary because I wonder whether it's people sort of fumbling around just trying to find every change that they can determine because uh, if you think of the end game of what might be the outcome of all of this idea of abolishing the idea of gender difference... Uh, I suspect that women ultimately would be the greatest losers because uh, there is a sense, isn't there, if there, if there is no such thing as gender, which seems to be what uh, the uh, the plot of all of this uh, is heading towards, uh, then there's no such thing then as women's rights. I don't know whether you've been thinking deeply through any of those sorts of issues, uh, Jenny, but do, do you have any thoughts about you know the, the way that uh, society will look if these sorts of changes are allowed? Well, I think that that's an incredibly important point. And I was just hearing a story uh, yesterday about a, about an Australian woman who actually went and uh, stood and changed herself up in the in Westminster and and supported the suffragette movement for for women getting the vote in Britain earlier last century. And of course, that was the incredibly important thing that that women were treated differently in the right to vote. And it's interesting that in Tasmania, where they're also considering this, there's an options paper being put out by the uh, Equal Opportunity Commissioner in Tasmania early a few months ago, and that's currently under under investigation. But it's interesting that the Women's Liberation Front in Tasmania has said exactly that, that if these changes go ahead, if people can change their birth certificates in the ways that are being proposed, then you actually lose that idea of what it means to be a woman and what the rights of women are, and that, that often... You know, we we often sort of see feminism in a different light today, but certainly the suffragette movement where they, they genuinely battled for the right to vote, the right to be respected and, and so on in the community, which we think they should have been, then then that's all affected by something like changing birth certificates at, at will. And in Victoria, they actually say that you can apply to make a change so long as you haven't made a change in the past 12 months. So that actually means that you could actually apply every 12 months to change your gender. And it's in, in Victoria, um, it's not only male or female or other or something else. The person who's applying to have this transgender change on their birth certificate can choose whatever name they like to fill in. So it doesn't have to be just male or female. It could be genderqueer, it could be gender neutral, it could be androgynous, you could make up your own term and we've seen a lot of those terms portrayed through that Safe Schools Coalition curriculum program and so people can actually put whatever they like. There's only two restrictions Neil, one is that it can't be obscene or offensive and it should be a reasonably recognised term that, that means some sort of gender descriptor. Okay, well, we'll be following along the unfolding as that happens. And it's not just Victoria that's considering those changes to birth certificates. It's also, as I understand it, South Australia and I think Queensland is also 
considering these sorts of things uh, as possible uh, legislation as well. Well, certainly the activists in Queensland are now calling for that. And, of course, once you see one state doing it or one state put the legislation into Parliament, like we've seen in Victoria or the Commissioner doing it in Queensland, the activists in all the states are talking to each other. And this week they were calling on Queensland to implement the same sort of changes. So it just goes from one state to the other and keeps going. Well, you know, while a lot of people are critical of Christians uh, for standing the way we do for marriage between a man and a woman, some of this ought to be something of a, uh, you know, a flashing warning light uh, that says, uh, hang on a second, the Christians might have something going here because uh, let it be on the record that Christians uh, recognise the differences between men and women and that marriage as an institution, marriage as a mechanism, is that way in which we would actually determine the equality between a man and a woman. So get rid of that and look out. Stuff's going to go crazy. Uh, There's another thing, Jenny Stokes, that's going on in Victoria and, and, uh, wow, what a big long list of things to be concerned about in the state of Victoria, but the idea of removing the right of Christian schools and religious bodies to employ people with uh, the same beliefs and values, that's getting closer to change as well. Well, that's right. And again, we look have to look back in history, if you like, only a few years, but certainly under Rob Hulls, the previous Attorney General, uh, who did a lot of those changes, he actually implemented a change to the Equal Opportunity Act, and he removed the uh, exception, the religious exception, that enabled Christian schools, religious organisations of any kind, to actually choose to employ um, people who had the same religious beliefs or the same values as themselves. And so what we have... What we have then is, um, uh, sorry, what we have then is a the opportunity to um, is taken away to be able to choose one's. Yep, we're, yep. So sorry, we're... The, the opportunity to choose to employ people who actually abide by your own beliefs, and so it's important to to actually recognise that this is what's happening. So, in in, in effect, the. In, in effect, what we have is the government saying that a school would not be able to choose somebody who's a Christian, would not be able to say we, we won't employ an active homosexual, and the school would actually have to abide by what's called an inherent requirements test. And so that actually means that they would have to prove to the tribunal, the complaint could be made, they would have to prove to a tribunal that it's necessary for that position to, um, for the person to be a Christian or whatever. And so you might think of, say, a maths teacher, and I used to be a maths teacher. And so what happens there is that they'll say, well, you know, to teach maths you don't need to be, you know, a Christian, you don't need to, you know, have a particular view on sexuality and so on. And yet in Christian schools, all teachers are involved in all sorts of... um Well, something's happened there. I think we've been uh, put on to holds. We'll just monitor that along just for a moment. Uh, important topics we're talking about today, and uh, most of these topics are all focused on Victoria, uh, where we talked about the uh, the idea of destroying uh, religious freedom and morality, the transgender birth certificates, and religious freedom to employ, uh, these are significant issues and uh, Victorians are facing significant challenges ahead, uh, especially as uh, Premier Daniel Andrews appears to be so uh, gang-ho with making these changes and, of course, uh, has every right to do so given he's got a mandate because he was talking about these things before uh, Victorians elected the Andrews government. Uh, Jenny, have we got you back? 
Yes, we have. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, phone calls, and I'm the only one in the office. <laughs> okay. Look, there's another there's another issue just to touch on uh, briefly before we let you go. And I know this has been a passion of yours uh, to talk about a uh, what is uh, the issue of fetal alcohol syndrome. And tomorrow there's a national day that recognises the challenges uh, for parents who uh, go through that and children who are born with fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on recognising that day tomorrow? Well, certainly um, we've got a group here in Melbourne, a national group called Delgano Institute, and they've been concerned about the effect of drugs, the effect of alcohol on, on people. And over the years, we've actually done quite a lot on the, the effect on an unborn child of alcohol use by the mother. And there's, there's now a recognised medical syndrome, this fetal alcohol spectrum disorder syndrome. And so what we have is, um, you know, an incredible danger, damage done to the child in the womb if the mother is drinking alcohol during that time. And certainly uh, important things, the Delgano Institute's put out a media release, we'll have some information on that tomorrow. But, but it's the international day to recognise the significance and the damage done uh, through drinking alcohol while a woman's pregnant um, to that unborn child. So it's something we always put out. We encourage people to really um, share the word and uh, and let people know who young young girls who are pregnant, the, the damage they can do by, and especially it's excessive alcohol use, but actually we'd, we'd on them to just recognise the danger that can occur and to to think of their child. Well, we'll certainly appreciate the raising of the profile as you've done today, but tomorrow's the special day to recognise uh, that day, uh, recognising the uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. Jenny Stokes from Salt Shakers, let me point people to your website. Simply Google Salt Shakers and you'll find a lot of great resources and understanding have been what, about what's going on. And we've been talking about Victoria today, but a lot of states around Australia are going through the throes of significant change. You'll get some good resources to understand what's going on when you visit the Salt Shakers website. Jenny Stokes, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Great to be with you now. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.